Hey there, welcome back everyone. It's another episode of your favorite video game podcast, the Chips and Bits podcast. Mm-hmm. I am your host this month, Matthew Anderson. With me as always, Kenny Myers. My favorite buddy. Uh, I'm stealing another intro from him, maybe, we don't know. According to Kenny, it's my my turn to intro this month. Uh, I just have to trust that that's the case. And it definitely is. On the spot. So we're here, we're excited. It is... Uh, just after Halloween, we're a day late to deliver this to you, but I think it's going to be worth it because this month we are talking about Deathloop. Deathloop! A, a, a wonderful new game about looping, dying and looping. And uh, yeah, that's my intro. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this one fly and start the music so we can just get started, even though this is very sad. <laughs> It was a very sad intro, just music. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite video game podcast, the Chips and Bits podcast. Are you trying to redo the intro I, you just did? Dude, I was making it was a Deathloop reference. Oh, man, that was really funny. Ugh, I can't believe you ruined that. All right. Well, I don't want to ruin that joke anymore. So let's just start the show. <laughs> let's do it. Um, I think most importantly, though, before we dive into the actual game itself, I think this is a perfect opportunity to to say if you are a podcast listener and i mean like if you're listening to the podcast then you're missing out on a light show um that kenny and i are hosting right now that you could be seeing if you were watching us on the video version of the podcast over on youtube so if you haven't checked that out yet and for some reason you want to see our ugly mugs um we disguised them with some lights this month and so it should be fun it's like a little halloween gift to ourselves and to you if you choose to watch it but yeah, this month we're going to talk about a game called Deathloop, and I say let's start the show. <laughs> no, stop it! Stop <laughs> Oh man. Okay, uh, let's get into it, Kenny. Um, what? Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's, just, it's just really funny because it is a lot. Like when you talk about looping mechanics in, in games, this one is one of those ones where like it does happen frequently. It happens a lot. You loop a lot in this game. You die. You repeat. By design. By design. Yeah, by design. Um, let, let's get your immediate first blush response so that I said so I know what I'm working with here, Kenny. What do you think about this game? You know, it's really know. interesting. Usually, you and I have a somewhat of a gauge for how the other person feels based on the game. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know how you feel about this one. There are some indicators that you might not have enjoyed it, and there are some indicators that you may have enjoyed it. Um, so I actually would... I, I have a very strong opinion about it. So I, I won't be affected by your feelings, but I would be very interested in your take initially first. Okay. Because okay. the reason this podcast is late, and I'll say this to the viewers, is because Matt had to finish the game and uh, had to go hunt radiation in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
Like usually when that happens, it's because he has to go through the rest of super paper Mario RPG or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would really like, I would really like your take on this game first. Well, the good news is I also have a, a very strong opinion of this game, Kenny. Um, so, so I'll give it to you, but I want to get one thing out of the way. I want to get one major gripe that I have with this game out of the way right away. And that is, there's a lot of information going on when you're playing this game. There's a lot of context. There's a lot of story. There's a lot of mechanics, not just in how the game plays, but just understanding how the loop mechanic works, how you progress through the days, how you pick up new information. It's it's quite a bit to wrap your head around. Um, I won't quite say it's overwhelming, but there's just a lot to digest. Um, with that one gripe out of the way, I fucking love this game so much. I think it is truly exceptional. It's it's one of the best games I've played in a long time. I think it is truly the culmination of all of the previous um, Dishonored series and everything leading up to this game. I'm thinking back to like problems I had with the previous games and just how they got rid of all of them, brought in new stuff without introducing any more things that irritate me. I mean... The, the level of thought, polish, everything that I could possibly bring up about a game. This game's got it. Um, I was so, I was actually so kind of bummed that due to work and life constraints um, and poor planning on my part that I had to rush this game at the end because I really wanted to take my time with it. I didn't want to, um, yeah, I wanted to do all the side things, pick up all the weapons, just do all the things, and I haven't done that yet. Um, I definitely finished the game, but I, I still want to get back in and, and do some of these weird side things because there's just so much to unpack in this game. Um, so yeah, we, we'll go into more detail, but there, there's there's your spoiler. That's that's how I feel about it. Cool. How about you? Thank you for asking, Matt. Uh, yeah, so I thought this game was phenomenally okay. I think this game is, uh, to me, it's like an Assassin's Creed, like the original one, where like so many of the things, maybe it was expectations, maybe it was just like the systems just didn't hold up enough for me that I felt like the sequel to this game is going to be perfect. Like, that's what I felt. And I found this game to be uh, unrewarding most of the time, uh, which was surprising considering how the game's designed. Um, I thought that a presentation was really good. The PC version was a little buggy, the um, but not like buggy where I couldn't play. Um, the idea behind the core gameplay loop and how it's presented and like how you figure out how to do it was great. Like I feel like the the game design of that was great. I thought the enemies were dumb as fuck. Like, like they just weren't <laughs> very challenging yeah. at all. Uh, and to some degree, I appreciate that as a result of this, like you could play the game like a first person shooter, which is what they kind of were like, you know, it's really two play styles in these kind of games. And usually if you try to go like full, uh, you know, first person shooter, you die. But in mm. this game, you can, you can leave an entire like building full of bodies or well, they're not bodies, I guess, in this game. Around, uh, but I think the the stealth mechanic really suffers as a result of that. That being said, um, yeah, I just think it's an okay game. I think it's uh, it just you know it felt 
it felt like like there were there were some things I really wanted from it that I never got. Um, but let's let's jump back to you and you can talk about some of the stuff that you really liked. Yeah, and I, I'm happy like as I as I talk through some of these things, like if there's stuff that sticks out to you that you really bugged yeah, I'll, here, like I'll interrupt. Like, yeah. yeah, don't worry. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, one of the things that st- stuck out to me Im- immediately was I remember how I felt about Dishonored and Dishonored Two specifically in in the separation of the two mechanics that you alluded to, where you can either approach the game kind of like a first person shooter. You can go in guns blazing. You can use all your powers, or you can go in stealth. And I typically err on the side in most cases of being very stealthy, taking my time with things, trying to find like the most uh, interesting way into a situation. And I felt like in Dishonored, they did a pretty good job balancing that. And I actually felt like in Dishonored 2, um, that was one of my main points of contention with the game was that I wanted to be, I don't, I wanted to avoid the perfectionist mindset and just enjoy the game. And Dishonored 2 really forced you into this um, ticking all the boxes thing with this uh, post level screen where they would say, you missed, two bodies were found. And, and it was just like, every time I just felt like I could not 100% and it was so irritating. Yeah. Um, in this one, I actually really appreciated what you were alluding to, which was that there wasn't, there was almost no priority to stealth. It uh, basically how how it got presented to you in Deathloop was sometimes stealth would serve you um, very well in slowly getting in and scoping something out, but it wasn't. It was never uh, presented to you like something that you should do a hundred percent of all of the time. It served no purpose. There was no completion uh, aspect that I'm aware of. There's no grading mechanic. There's no nothing. Um, so really, that kind of like, for me at least personally, freed me up to approach each situation, do stealth like the first time through just to get the lay of the land, find out where the enemies were, find out the best approach. And then every time after that, I didn't have to give a shit at all. I could just like put my power-ups on, get my greatest gun, go to where I knew that I needed to be, maybe take out one or two guys, and then just like go in and just run through the place. Um, and it felt really fun. And for me, maybe it's just my personality, the way that I've approached the previous games, it felt liberating, honestly. Like I was just like, cool, I don't have to be quiet. I can go in here and just like do as much damage as I want and use all of my guns because you just run through all your guns, all your weapons, all your powers, all your everything, and you're using them constantly. Um, so that part to me was like super fun. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it definitely comes in handy, like as you gain more power and go into loops, like, cause you need to, the goal of the game is to kill seven people in a day uh, in, in the marketing, uh, these seven visionaries. And they also, what they don't tell you, which kind of happens them almost immediately is you figure out that the days are actually, you have to choose the location at like four given times of day. Um, so like, you get three options at morning, you know, two options at noon. Like it depends on what's going on on the Island. Uh, and then you jump to each one. Uh, and so sometimes like, uh, at the very last place has a lot of, um, at night there's a party. So it has a lot of people in it. And, uh, I would incidentally, the, the guy's hidden, the guy you have to kill. Mm -hmm. And I would just incidentally kill him in the massacre that I was just unleashing on this thing. (laughs) And that was kind of fun because when you do that, you unlock powers from people, um, which, uh, for me, like the powers were, uh, they were, they were decent. Um, they weren't particularly compelling. The, the best one was 
the teleport, but that's like a dishonored thing. Like you could just go through anything with that teleport. It's such a good mechanic. Um, but it was all pretty much like the guns and such, like the better guns in the game were like close quarters, uh, combat guns, like the shotguns in the game are incredible. Um, and handguns, like there is sniper stuff, but the levels aren't really designed for open air stuff. I found uh, they they just like, there are a lot of closed in areas. And this leads actually to one of my biggest gripes. There's a lot of space in this game that just has nothing in it. Um, one of the things that I thought would be enjoyable was like learning about the island through exploration, but actually exploration in this game is barely rewarded. It's nothing like in Dishonored or other games that kind of have this me- mechanism. Like you are pretty much given linear paths to a certain degree to go to point A or point B. Uh, there are like variations in how you can approach it for sure. But like if you go explore like uh, a little town, you go through all the different houses, you see a really cool design for a like bar or something like that, you know, and there's like little tidbits, but there's no like large reward for exploration. Like weapons are sometimes given out during event style things that happen or killing visionaries. And then there's like a couple of puzzles in, in the way of certain things. Uh, But for a world that's like subdivided so small, I was, I was actually expecting more, interesting things within the density than I ever, ever got. Like it was never anything particularly compelling. I felt like exploring wasn't rewarded very well in this game. Huh? That's crazy. I actually felt the exact opposite. Um, I, like I, everything from, I finally stumbled across the, uh, the, the safe that was alluded to underneath the, the house. And there's all these like pictures of questions and prompts for you to go and look up. Uh, I have one or I have two of what I think are three of the spy hideouts that I randomly found mm-hmm. uh, on the island unlocked that I haven't gotten to, and I felt like there's at least four on each of the different areas that you have to randomly stumble upon. Uh, I have one of the like I have two of the keys to like a safe room where people were like accidentally killing themselves by smoking some sort of drug, and you got to like switch the the thing and come back at a different time of day, and then someone else has died, and then you pick up their password instead. Like there's weird, um, like just ambiguous uh, puzzles that aren't really puzzles. Um, and so like you, there's a, there's a bunch of things I've stumbled across that actually you might not identify as even being puzzles or things that are exploratory based at first. Um, and you have to unlock those things through the game mechanic of like time shifting and coming back at a different time. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but no, I, ultimately I like, like the, lot. the rewards you get for those with one exception being the spy base is, uh, like a gun that's nowhere near as effective as the gun you just got off of, you know, the, one of the visionaries, like, uh, like the rewards, it, the, the, the data about the people on the Island didn't really exist either. It just felt so empty. The world felt empty with occasional hidden places. There were some like really cool, like, this is what I mean by it being like Assassin's Creed, like, there's so many really cool ideas and really cool things that happen in this world. Uh, the spy base is one of them. That's really cool. I really like how you use timed events uh, to figure out how to get access to places. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved uh, actually the voice acting and stuff. I thought it was really enjoyable um, and really funny. I liked the story quite a bit. Um, it, and it, like, but it just like felt, 
kind of hollow towards the end where I was just sort of like trying to move time forward so I could just get to this certain point. Uh, and that sure. there wasn't anything really valuable to do uh, in terms of going out, like just the amount of time it takes to go or find something and unlock it. You get like the shittiest rewards. Like there's this, <laughs> this like area where you just get like coins for going down to the ship that looks like it'd be really cool. And you talk to like, it's, it's nothing exceptional. And that makes like, that makes it a little boring. You know, if I want a side quest, I want it to like reward ultimate weapons. You know what I mean? I want it to be like, yeah, yeah. you yep. get this power permanently because you found the three hidden bases and now, uh, or like story things, which actually one of the, the secret bases you found do unlock story elements, but not like secret endings or something like that. It's just like, yeah, it's just, it just feels so, uh, empty it, the world feels so empty to me well i i mean I, I have to delegate to you on this one because part of the the problem with like not having finished a lot of the side quests is that i'm about as far in some of those exploratory missions that we just talked about to feel like cool like i want to do these but it sounds like i might get to the end of those and then be like oh <laughs> but they weren't worth doing um because i there were some there were actually some side quests that result in basically all of the weapons that I was using all the time. But those aren't exploratory based. Um, those, those are given to you and you can choose to do them or not from the beginning of the game. Um, and, and I did those and got great weapons out of them. So yeah, I could see how like if I actually end up fulfilling those exploratory quests and getting to the end and being like, cool, I don't need this thing. Uh, that might feel pretty unfulfilling. Yeah, like you want a power when you mm-hmm. finish something like that. Something that'll give you like a, a great advantage and it ends up not being that way uh i mean it it just it's just uh unfulfilling and like you don't get like any really cool story tidbits either in a lot of them either it's it's really just one-to-one like oh you did it here's your gun and it's a handgun okay like let me think transforming handgun though is so cool the uh is this the one with the nail gun i forget that might be far cry 6 no I'm no, confusing it's the, the dual-wielding pistols. Oh, yeah, that one's really dope. That you but can plug again, into each other. And you turn get it that into from like, killing one of the seven. Like, No, you get it from uh, from the base, from like going through the, the maze and getting all the batteries. And So you and, can get that like different weapons like that through different process, like different processes. I got it from, oh. uh, from one of the seven. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got it from... Well, so like, again... There is one of the seven does drop dual wielding pistols that have different traits. Right. This is this is the one. That, oh, they get they go together. You can plug them into each other. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah I didn't get I got that from a yeah a maze. Um, Any hoozle. Um, let's talk I mean, about something else. Hey, listen. If if anything's going to be great about this game and it's just of its podcast, the art direction was phenomenal. Including Dude, the art direction was so good. Those guns, the weapons are great. They all look really interesting. The world is like there's the cutscenes are some of my favorite. I just mm-hmm. I just like how they would throw them in. Um, how the world looks and feels kind of follows Dishonored's template, but it's very much like '60s British mod. Uh, yeah, you know it's funny. In hindsight, the, the once you sort of understand the vibe and it feels like the genre that the game is is striving for with its sort of like bougie '60s um, disco vibe, it, yeah. it feels like it shouldn't work. Like like 
going in and experiencing it, it doesn't seem like those things go together. And yet somehow the first couple, after the first couple of rounds of experiencing the music uh, and the cutscenes and all that stuff, you just totally accept it. Like it's done so well that like, you're just like, yeah, this is, this makes total sense to me. But in hindsight, it seems like those things just shouldn't have worked. Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't really, didn't really push it too much in the game, to be honest. Like it wasn't like no one lives forever back in the nineties where it was <laughs> oh, full, like sixties kitsch. Like even yeah. the villains were like ridiculous things. Like these villains are pretty straightforward. One's a DJ. I, there's really funny things. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, I thought it was it was tasteful. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done, and um, you know, it looks really good. It, it's a fun game. Like, I think to its credit, more so than even my, the game I referenced, the original Assassin's Creed. This is a game I feel like is fun to play through um, to a certain degree. It's just not. I like your reaction and loving it is just not where I was with it. I was like. Yeah, this is this is fine. This is a fine game. And I can't yeah. wait like but some of the things in this game are so well done that I can't wait for like the sequel that hopefully is like the super polished version of a lot of the ideas, you know, or where they insert those complex mechanisms. Um one of which I think is actually the loadout screen, which at first I didn't like because it's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Uh and you have to think about things. But ultimately every time you jump to a different um time zone not zone but like well i guess time, time zone day. works yeah time of day you you set your loadout and stuff so you can actually customize your abilities and stuff for whichever visionary you need to take out that was really fun uh i thought it was just really well done um and once i understood the system it was really uh it was really nice to like set things up eventually though and this is another thing. This is where I think this is like V1. I eventually just settled on like this really powerful shotgun and the same three powers and I could just mow through like like yes. entire levels. So um, you, you do hit God mode uh, by the end of the game where like the loadout and the and what you're carrying and how you approach it is, is less important because you're just so powerful that you can just do whatever you want. They say that the AI is supposed to get smarter as, as you go along through the game. Oh but no, the, the AI, I think it got dumber. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just, it was just trash. Like essentially I, they would just walk through the hallways and I would just like mow them down in the hallways. And it was just, I, I mean, I just like, there's so many things I could see improving to make a, a, a better game. And I think, uh, the level design wasn't as cool as like in Dishonored. Like it just wasn't as interesting uh, or as, I mean, I understand that they're different games. And of course it's comparing two works that aren't necessarily in the same genre. Like an FPS is more likely to be comparative to bullet to death loop. than I think art, this is just a, based on how they uh, approach stealth, but like the buildings were pretty boring looking. They, they weren't really exciting. Yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about that because one of, one of the aspects that I, I specifically wanted your opinion on because I I know that this was something that we both appreciated about specifically Dishonored Two, um, was that I you know the first time through uh, the first two areas, it's it's very noticeable how like the translation of the level design from um, the previous games that we love so much, the best way I can describe it is like those games part of what made the level design and sort of like the fun of the exploration really unique and super compelling was like the verticality of the levels. Like it wasn't just about exploring left to right and forward and back, like going up and down 
and through areas was like something you hadn't really experienced at that that scope and like so well polished and thought thought out. And that kind of goes away almost immediately when you're playing Deathloop. It's it's much it's less vertical. It's, it's very it's very flat. And I was like, oh no, I I'm kind of I kind of miss uh, this this aspect of it. And that went away for me. Like if I'm being honest, by by the end, um, I think like my interpretation is that the the thought and sort of the the complex nature of applying level like design to the verticality of the levels i think that was in turn uh applied to the 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 day the day and the time shifting mechanic so that same amount of creativity i felt like was woven into the aspect of like okay cool i can come back here at in the afternoon and like this path is unavailable or there's people here or there's not or i have access to this this pond because it's frozen or i don't um and so that's where i sort of like was reinvigorated with that that mechanic but I'd, i'm not sure if you feel like that should be back in the game and you missed it or if you kind of like got used to it like i did i mean i i don't think the verticality was as interesting in those games as what the verticality verticality opened up in terms of options you had and movements you had and i don't think i think that Deathloop did a really nice job of making mechanics available per time of day but mm-hmm. like overall, like per map and everything, like there wasn't really a lot of routes. It wasn't really interesting to go different ways. There weren't really like many compelling reasons to go different ways. Like you kind of find your way to go do something. And then that's like, there's nothing that draws you uh, to other routes to go. You're kind of stuck in that same area. Whereas Dishonored, you would be like in my, well, I would be. Uh, wanting to try different routes because like sometimes there were just like hidden power-ups that were super valuable and uh, stuff like that that you might run into and sometimes you might just find like the window that was supposed to be open in this game there weren't there was like three of like there was some of that but like the the horizontalness didn't bug me so much as like the routing of it all and like the reward of of going through those areas like really once you found a path and and maybe this is just a result of like the overall goal of the game, which is seven people in a single day, right? So they want you to be able to eventually do these things very, very quickly. Um, yeah. Then that made it ultimately kind of uninteresting uh, and somewhat tedious because you're like, okay, <laughs> I, I died at the last time, so I'm just going to go do my same route. And there, there wasn't really anything particular like drawing me into uh, the world once I had figured out which route's the best at which time to just get the objective done. Yeah, I think I, I yeah, I can relate to some of that. I think my interpretation of, of of how that worked out in this game was that in the Dishonored series, let's I'll just throw a number out there. I have no there's no proof of scientific basis for this, but let's say there were 10 different ways that you could make it through a level and achieve your objective. All 10 of those ways in Dishonored um, were basically equally viable. And no one was really that much better than the other. They were were all like equally good paths to take. So it really felt like more of just a choice that mattered to you. In Deathloop, how I I, um, sort of equated that was that there were still sometimes 10 different ways Mm -hmm. that you could approach something. But over the course of trying those 10 different things, it became, sometimes it became very clear very early, like, because you try it the first time and you got it right, that like one, sometimes two of those paths were the ideal ones to take. And really once you figure those out, you shouldn't take any of the other ones. Um, And so that's how I kind of like equated it. And so I don't think it irritated me as much 
mainly because of how quickly I was trying to get through this game. Mm -hmm. Um, So that to your point, like once I made it to the final day and I was doing this all like in like a a weekend (laughs) um, that once I got to that final day and I felt like, Oh, I know exactly where to go. I know exactly what to do. And I'm going to do this on the first try and it's not going to fail. I just like went right through it. Piece of cake knew exactly what to do. And it felt great. And that the ask the like, the aspect of actually doing it and knowing that I was going to be able to achieve it, that felt rewarding in and of itself. But to your point, I don't think that like the learning process was as rewarding as the Dishonored series was. Yeah. And I mean, I think maybe because your compressed timeline with my less compressed timeline, I probably spent more time exploring to try and find things I found particularly compelling. And per my previous comment, like it just ended up being a lot of tread that I didn't feel worth it. Uh, and so then I would just go on these paths and it would become very like, um, boring. It would be boring. It would just be boring. Uh, I have to tell you one of the funniest, one of the funniest ones that happened for me was, and you were hinting at this there, one of the, the evening objectives is to kill one of the visionaries who is hosting a party at, at their mansion. Mm -hmm. And the first time I went through it. I stupidly, I was like, I think I was rushed that night. I was like, you know what? I'm pretty powered up right now. Maybe I'll just go through the front door and see what happens. So go through the front door, most enemies anywhere in the game. So, I mean, like we're talking like on magnitude of like, instead of running into like three to seven enemies, there were like 50 enemies. I was dead instantaneously. So I was like, okay. So the second time through, I'm like, all right, I'll sneak around. So I sneak around. I end up accidentally. Um, one of the this is a, this will be a, a, a spoiler pro tip. I end up accidentally um, damaging the statue of this visionary in the the uh, sort of like courtyard of the party. And through doing that, you unlock this tip that's like, hey, since you and this this party, they're all masked, so you can't tell who is who. You have to find out who the visionary is through like clues and stuff. So you get this tip that if you damage the statue that will anger the visionary into revealing themselves. So I was like, oh, that's neat. So the third time through, I tell myself, you know what? I'm going to see if I can make it all the way through to the courtyard, stealth, without triggering anybody. Damage the statue and kill him and get out of there. Like, lightning quick. No, no, piece of cake. So that that third time through, I sneak up on like the one side of the, the castle. I get up onto the um, balcony. I sneak through a couple of times. I haven't killed anybody. And I open up a door and I alert someone like who was standing right there. And it was like, oh, and they turn out. It's like, oh, fuck. And so I kill him. It was the visionary. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> so yeah. I accidentally happened to get the one of the 70 people yeah. um, that was the visionary and just like lucked into it on my third try. And this is where it's like, it's hard for me to not say like this game isn't, isn't fun to play. Like, like, it can't be incredibly fun to play. Like, like it, it can be just, just so cool to like, uh, and I think particularly around the visionaries more so than any, anything else. Um, like anything around them is, is can usually be pretty interesting. It's just like getting to there and forth just was, was just very in, uninteresting to me. And, uh, but like, yeah, like I, there's, there's like three ways, I, there's three ways I know of that you can get that guy. And the one Matt did, which I actually didn't know about, um, was the statue. Uh, and so that's really cool. Like, I love that, mm-hmm. that I didn't know how to do that. But also I've been by that statue multiple times. Like, um, the other was, uh, you can 
change the song that's playing in the dance room to oh, the, the song DJ that he thing? loves. Yeah. Uh, and he'll come out on the dance floor and start dancing. And then I think the other one is you mess with his beer. And I only did the dance floor one because I had my route planned. And I knew that like, this is the 17th time I'm in this fucking wolf's area. Like I just want to kill this person and get out. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was kind of like, I was really, I was let down by this game. Um, the multiplayer we played a little bit, which is actually a really cool concept, but not necessarily great in execution either. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of fails somewhat spectacularly. Somewhat spectacular. So the first problem is that you have to invade at specific times of day. So you can like your friends can be playing. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna go invade them, and then you go and look, and it says player unknown. So I'm like, okay, so I can't like player unavailable. And I'm like, okay, so I can't invade him. So I'll text him, totally ruining the fun part of it. And like, she's being like, Hey, when are you going to go here? Let me know when I can invade your game. (laughs) Yeah. And the second part is it's really unfair, even though like you can level up your, your, uh, uh, Julie, Julianne, I forget now. Juliana. Yeah. Juliana. Um, which is the character you use to attack who has ever played in a single player. You kind of have to be evenly matched for it to be really fun. And then it's much harder to kill Cole than it is to kill Juliana because Cole has like three lives. <laughs> like, yeah. He can respawn twice and plus just weapons and powers. I mean, like yeah. Juliana only ever has one power and well, no, 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 weapons... not in the, the multiplayer. You can have multiple powers. And actually, as you gain levels, you actually get permanent powers that go with you. So like oh. I had like the third time I fought you after I leveled up, which is the one time I killed one of you, one of your versions <laughs> I had like other, I had like a bunch of abilities and like better shotguns and stuff to fight you with. Uh, and then it was just timing. And I did, again, this was something where I was like, oh man, this would be great if I could just fucking drop in anytime. Like I get that he might has to be like, if he killed the Juliana, let's not fuck with him again in this zone. But it's much more fun, sort of like PvP in Dark Souls, where you can just drop in and just just kick the shit out of someone and just ruin their game. Because you yeah. can't really go in and ruin their mission for there. And that is fun. But the requirements of it and like the the equation of matching is just too it's just not it's hard. Like I understand it's hard to get right, but it just wasn't that fun until but it was fun playing the game, even though I died every time with Matt. So No, yeah. I mean I'm I totally agree with you on this one. I feel like when it comes to a game like Hades or Dead Cell or something where the loops are super long yeah. and you don't want anybody messing with your shit, totally get that. In this particular game, the loops are so tight uh-huh. that you know, the the first time someone and it wasn't you, it was just either an NPC or some other per- random person. Yeah. Um invaded my game. It's so scary. Like this alert comes over the screen, the music changes. It's like, Juliana has invaded your game. Juliana's yeah. on the hunt. And I was like, oh shit, man, someone's coming to get me. Oh, this yeah. is terrible. It's great. Um, and they never kill you. <laughs> like, I think you killed me once. And that's the only time I ever died. Um, I've definitely been killed by a couple. Uh, but here's the thing I played the game earlier. So a lot more people were playing, hmm. is my assumption. Uh, cause like I was getting invaded quite a bit to the point where in order to move the story forward at a certain point, I had to turn it to friends only for one mission. Cause I kept getting invaded and killed. Oh, and that's so interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean like, and so, but in either case, the, the worst you were ever able to do was mess up my progress on a level, but not really derail it entirely, yeah. which 
and the first time he did it, I was like, yeah, that's cool. He's really messed up. <laughs> he really messed up this level for me. Cause I, you know, you took a death away from me and now I had only already died once. Now I couldn't die again. Yeah. Um, so it totally changed my approach, but I really think that like, it would have been much more scary, much more intense um, and, and a much better, like compelling game mechanic. If you could literally come in and just like mop the floor with me and continue to do it. Yeah. So like, if I had to like, cause at, at that point in time, then it's not just survival, right? It's like, even if I succeed in killing you and you don't take a death away from me and I know you can come back, I got to like sprint and like get through these objectives and try and like get my, my thing done and get out of there. Yeah. Uh, cause I know you can come back. So yeah, I think that it, it, it could use some polish um, and I would just open it up. I would just take like, I would have a mode in the game where you could be like, no, no holds barred, all bets off. You can invade whenever, wherever I am, and you can kill me infinitely and you can respawn. I think that'd be super crazy. Yeah. Uh, like Dark Souls. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think, well, I'm not the, excuse me, I'm not in charge of this podcast, but. Sorry, with with that, you know, I think the closing words are, this is either a, a very okay game or, I don't know, we're going to podcast about Game of the Year's uh, next month for Patreon, so. It might be somewhere on that list. Who I don't knows? think we're saying. I don't think we should call it game of the year. I, we've talked about this. I think it should be like our rankings of the games we reviewed. Obviously, that the chips and bits ranking podcast. Yeah, like the um, year the year end ranking, year in review. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I think that this is. Um, I, I think it's a great game. I think it's for me like this is the the perfect definition of what I would consider to be a like a popcorn game where there's more than enough. Um, for you to sit down and like sink your teeth into if you want to. But if you just literally want to enjoy like a well-crafted game and just sort of like go through it mindlessly, you can also take that approach and it's super enjoyable in that way too. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. I still think Ratchet and Clank's the primary definition of a popcorn game. Yeah. It wasn't popcorny enough though for me. It needed more bling this year. This, this version needed more bling. Well, I'm sure we'll talk all about it. In our Patreon podcast. In the Chips and Bits Ranking Podcast. Okay, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us, as always, this month. This is our last uh, main review podcast of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in February after our winter slumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. For those of you who are supporters, thank you, as always, for supporting us. And we'll see you, our supporters, next month on the Ranking Podcast. The rest of you, have a great end of the year. And we'll see you again next year. I've been your host this month, Matthew Anderson. And over there, Kenny Myers. Kenny Myers. See you soon.